I have to consent. I've consented. <gasps> oh boy. Here we go, Mary. Oh, we're back. <laughs> it's season four of the Melrose Placecast, everybody. Oh my God. Are we going to get sued? Uh, sure. No, no. This is a parody podcast, so we're not going to get sued. And as a reminder to everybody going into season four, if you're still with us, this is not a parody. I'm sorry. Not a recap podcast. It is yeah. a parody podcast. Yeah. I, what are we parodying? <laughs> Anything that would get us sued. Okay, great. Okay. So season four, oh my God, I just can't wait to get started. I mean, we left with such a cliffhanger. The actual was bombing. There a, is there a bombing? I don't know yet. There was a bombing, Mary. We saw Kimberly press the button. Hey, well, I didn't see anything explode. And as, no, yes, we did. Because as we determined, the Lifetime movie of Melrose Place was canon. You saw the bombing. Kimberly is floating in the pool. Oh boy. So oh. that's official. And you know what else I'm so excited about? Darren Starr. Thank God he's gone and off oh, to Jersey or wherever. Wherever he went. You know, like out by where Sully landed that airplane. Oh, those geese were a real problem. They were a real problem. So with Darren's Darren's Star? Darren Star. Did I say Darren Spelling? You almost did. <laughs> Darren it would Star. with Aaron Spelling. So out of here. We got we, we, we got a good 12 characters on the credit scene. That's more than there's ever been. That's crazy. This intro is getting a little long. I think we should get started. <laughs> I got so lost. Anyway, season four of the Melrose Place cast begins right now. Thank God. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Melrose Place cast. What an exciting day it is. We have arrived at season four most of which I have never seen before. Today, season four, episode one, Postmortem Madness. I'm Mary. And I am TJ. Mary, I have been looking forward to this day for so long. And people may not believe that since we did stretch out season three for months, literally for months. Look, we just really wanted to savor it. S just swim in it like the pool after the bombing. Yeah, with the debris, the gasoline <laughs> probably. <laughs> Just don't open your mouth. Don't drink it. Don't drink Mary, it. Can I tell you how I know we extended season three way too long? Yes, please tell me. My own Gen Z nephew Facebook messaged me and said, hey, why haven't I been on the podcast? It's been a long time. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's very week. demanding. That's yeah. very demanding. He is an ordinary little twink. And so that's how it goes. But I had to say. Come to the right place. <laughs> it's going to be. It's still probably going to be about eight weeks. Kid. But here we are, season four. And Mary, we're about to get to the parts where you have no clue what happens. I I mean, I don't even know yet if there was a bombing for sure until we talk about it. Yes, that. you watched this episode, Mary. Then maybe I just told you. And you saw this episode in 2015. I was there when you saw it. That's not canon. That I just okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> we'll get we'll get through that. We'll cover that. But Mary, how did it feel? How did it feel coming back into Melrose Place? It's been a minute. You know, as as a, a wise singer once saying, some oh, people God. wait a moment. Wait for a moment like this. Time for a moment like this. Some, God damn it. Yeah, that's up. Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, she's wise. Oh, what a beautiful moment that was for uh, And you, this speaks to everybody, uh, the generation that listens to our podcast. That Dude. moment in 2002 when Kelly Clarkson won American Idol and sang a moment like this. 
It's a oh. Google it. Yeah. And meanwhile, we've got freaking Dr. Pepper little guy, Justin Guarini, thinking he might win. Give me a break. Give me a break. And he break. tried to he no. tried to pair up with her like they co-won. Like they did that movie about that terrible movie. That terrible movie. Yeah. From Justin to Kelly. Do you know how From far Justin it is? to Kelly. Yeah. About 88 minutes. That's how long? <laughs> long movie. Long Listen, 88 minutes. Lil Sweet needs to go back to singing about soda and leave yeah, Kelly Clarkson to the moment. Yeah, he can be Lil Sweet. He's doing a great job with that. He's, I haven't seen him for a while, though. Is he still hired or did he get. I, I don't know. He's wearing a headband. Well, he should. I mean... and, and kind of long, wavy red hair. And I just think, like, hey, Queen, you had curly curls. Like, get back to that. He's probably just wearing a wig. He's probably wearing a wig. You know what? Speaking He's of back- wig wearers, Kimberly blew the building up. I mean, that's what must have happened in this episode. Okay. Mary, we're now moving into, we're discussing the episode. You saw it. Okay. All right. All right. I found, you're not going to believe this, three episodes of high art for the generations. I didn't know if you would pull it off. I'm so relieved. I do. It did take me a while to find the third one, to be honest. <laughs> So with Darren Starr being gone, this may be trickier for me because as I texted you when I watched this episode, but you hadn't yet, gone are the days of Melrose Place being calm and realistic because it's going to get wild. Oh boy. Oh my goodness. Buckle up. Buckle up. Okay. Can I just give you just a teaser? You know how I do about the points I found? I do know how you do that. Yeah. Okay. Quote number one. This is helping me see what's important. Oh, God. Oh, fucking drama queen. All right. Quote number two. <laughs> said, read in anger. So no one finds out that your son's a fruit? Mm. Yeah. And Mary, you know it's a good week for me when the gay point is second, not third. Yeah, I guess. I mean. And the third good. one that I'm going to save till after our commercial break doesn't even have a quote because it doesn't need it. All right. Are you ready for season four for this epic philosophical debate? I'm as ready as I ever am. We're sitting here. Here's we're sitting here two two humanities people, graduates, discussing the state of humanity in this 1995 television show. How many years ago is this now? From when we're recording or when we drop the episode? It's a fair question. 28 years is the answer either way. 28 years. I had a young, so I'm on a, one of those dating apps and I had a 28 year old start talking to me and I was like, sorry. <laughs> We're not doing this. We're not doing that. What are we going to, like, I'm sure he's lovely. Let's be clear. But I was like, this is, what's the rule? I had to Google the rule because someone told me there's a rule. Is it half your age plus seven? No, it's just seven years from whatever your age is. No, I don't yeah. know. No, that's not what the internet said. Well, the internet's, I'm sorry. You are, you've been hearing about the situation uh, in my kind of extended, extended family. What's happening on the internet does not make it okay. <laughs> right? Right? Okay. Uh, anyway, this this kid that you're talking to on the dating app that's 28 yeah. was born after Kimberly blew up the building. Just so, just think about that. You know what? At least he was safe. He never was faced <laughs> with the danger of Kimberly blowing him up. <laughs> <laughs> I guess technically after he was born, he was still in danger because she was still, she could have blown something else up. I don't know what happens from here on we, I Listen, no spoilers here. We are not going to spoil this 28-year-old show. I don't know anything anymore. I knew very little before, and now I listen, know what. As far as you know, your Melrose Place canon 
Billy and Brooke are living in Beverly Hills together. They're, everything's going great, I'm sure. Yeah, Michael's it probably married like to a redhead. Chance. Yeah, There's about a 50% chance, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, can I tell you, let me just dig in a little bit. My first high art point for the generations. Again, listeners, not a recap podcast. So I am not feeling the urge, the need to go through every single point. But in the bombing, Kimberly hits the button. Boom, building blows up. Allison's body flies further through her apartment than her apartment is wide. Right? <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah. Like, there were there was some green screen work going on. Did she fly time. into Matt's apartment? I don't know. I didn't pay that close of attention, but she went a long ways. It she went a long, long ways. ways. Anyway, Billy goes and rescues her. And here's the new storyline. Uh, Allison is blind. Blinded by the light of the explosion. Kablooey. Yeah. Kablooey. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, so Allison's wrapped up in bandages like a mummy because yeah. everything's over the top now. And when she's finally getting unraveled, she's got big fucking honky-tonk bandages on her eyes, right? <laughs> Did you yeah. see that? They look like uh, silver dollars, not silver dollars, sand dollars. They did look like sand dollars. They yeah. looked like enormous pale areolas just shoved on her eyelids. You know, like the ones that grew on your eyelids. They were like, someone was like, hey, do we have iPads? And they're like, eye patches they're like no 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 just cut up a couple maxi pads please you know what actually don't cut them don't cut them stick them right on just stick them right they, they have adhesive just stick them right on it's fine so of course they remove the pads one at a time and allison keeps her eyes closed the whole time would you have kept your eyes closed waiting for the no. second the no, second those maxi pads are off my eyes. You're opening the, you're like, let me see the world. Yeah, I can't wait to see this hospital room. I cannot wait to see it. You know, this is, the, she's probably in the same room where she was when she had her like uterus worked on yeah, by Michael's doctor friends. Yeah. That was a long time ago, wasn't it? It was, it was a different time. You this know, is not a recap podcast. Not a recap podcast. Anyway, so Jane's there talking to Allison. She brings Allison roses, but Allison can't see them. So Jane just tells her how great they are. I think Amanda brought flowers and told her you, you bet you wish you could see these. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she did say that at one point. Yes. Listen, was... she doesn't mean to sound insensitive, but sometimes she is that Amanda Woodward, you know? <laughs> anyway. Jane brings Allison roses. They make up because remember Jane and Allison got in a big fight because Jane was at Billy's wedding to Brooke when Allison showed up to try mm -hmm. and stop it. Yeah. Uh, and Jane says, it's okay. I would have blown up too. Oh, bad choice of words. Okay, <laughs> listen. What we now know because the Lifetime movie about Melrose Place was canon that Josie Bissett really wanted punchy lines and fun stories. So they tried to give her one and it fell flatter than Jane Mancini. It seemed out of place. It didn't make lie. any it sense. It seemed out of character and out of place. So I'm like, I laughed because it was inappropriate. But that's what I do. But... Anyway, Allison says her blindness is helping her see what's really important, so to speak. Oh, God. And uh, they agree. Jane and Allison agree. They're never going to let anything come between them again. Do you remember what came between them the first time? I honestly don't. Allison saw Michael and Kimberly making out in Kimberly's oh. rock star parking spot. And then Michael, <laughs> while tonguing Kimberly's, licking the interior of her teeth, stared at Allison. And Allison told Jane, and Jane got mad. Yeah, she did get mad at Allison. This is when Michael said, What would make someone want to ruin her best friend's marriage? Ugh. 
<laughs> makes me sick, Janie. Oh my god. Anyway, but we're not a recap podcast. Not a recap podcast. No, we're going back through all all four seasons now. But end result, <laughs> Allison's blind. She's going to lie about it. She tells Jane, don't tell anybody that the blindness is temporary. So mm. she's got a plan. Uh, Jane, I don't think you're being a good friend here to Billy. <laughs> like this, this is devious. But yeah, still she the... was just at Billy's wedding too. So yeah. they were getting along. So why yeah. is she being an asshole? This is devious, but in a very boring way for Jane. Right? Like, it's boring. It's could crazy. you imagine? Put Sydney in this. Like Sydney would be up to some shit. Sydney would have already like moved into Billy's apartment and kicked Brooke out or something. Like he, she would have already figured this all out. Like she'd be yeah. way faster. Yeah. So anyway, there's that. The reason it's high art for the generations. This is helping me see what's important. That is what happens to people when they get into the hospital for any reason, right? So maybe you go in because you have a baby and you're like, oh my God, now this baby is my whole world. Or you go in to stop having a baby, right? Same thing. Uh, or, you know, a health issue or you get blown up and your eyes go blind. Um, or like, you go to the hospital because they have really good mashed potatoes. That was true of me when I was 13. There was a hospital in the neighborhood that I would go to the cafeteria. I know. That kinda. sounds wonderful. Look, you're talking to the, I'll go right now and get mashed potatoes. Where, where's this hospital? But for, you know, maybe you got it. Maybe you got to go to the hospital, you know, just the gift room, just to get some flowers because the flower shop is sold out because some asshole doctor bought the whole flower <laughs> flower shop for his lady that he cheated on. <laughs> anyway you walk into this hospital and you just overcome with this sense of like what's important in life put your priorities in place and allison is reflecting that that like near-death experience does have this like grounding effect that centers you on what really matters in life and allison had that experience and so she's going to pursue it I'll be interested to see how she chooses to pursue that. <laughs> I guess I'm going to go ahead and guess that it's not in a wholesome life affirming way. <laughs> well, she's not going to stay in the hospital. That's the, that's the key there. Oh, cause yeah, Amanda's going to get her a seeing eye dog. Yeah. I don't, is that what true? <laughs> no, no. Oh yeah. Amanda did offer <laughs> to make some accommodations. Yes. She was going to make accommodations. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't even think were legally necessary back then. Oh, she's a very generous landlord. She's we'll so sweet. <laughs> as as Sydney finds out later. All right, Mary, did you find any examples of trash this week? You know, if there's one thing this show is, it's a little reliable in the realms of trash. And so I called this one, I wouldn't want to hurt anybody. Uh, what? I wouldn't want to hurt anybody. Am I talking too fast again? No. Okay, well, let's start then. Uh, so... Kimberly has, in fact, ignited a bomb, a series of bombs. So now I can confirm there was a bombing. It's there been confirmed for two and a half dozen years. Not by me. So now I know for sure. So kablooey. Uh, Kimberly is thrown into the pool and unconscious. Peter fishes her out because everyone except who's not at the place where it blows up. It's Jake and Jake, Matt. Jess ooh, and Matt. Yeah, that's it. Everybody, everybody else has found a rickety reason to be there um so later at the hospital one of my favorite things happened where they're bringing in the victims of the bombing and they're all mm -hmm. being rushed in and peter uses his doctor privilege to like shove kimberly to the front of the line and brooke's like she's the one who blew it up <laughs> like, yeah that, that was, was fair funny. that was fair yeah. good for good for brooke good for brooke 
later, Peter is talking with Kimberly's doctor because apparently he can just talk to any doctor he wants about anyone's condition and there's no HIPAA laws yet. Um, her doctor- Peter, Peter just got his medical license back after trying to kill a patient. He literally tried to kill who was, another resident. Who the owns the building that was exploded. <laughs> Kablooey! uh okay so peter's talking to the other doctor the other doctor's like uh she's in a lot of denial she remembers the bombing but she doesn't remember what she did Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. so peter's like well i'm like her colleague and i pulled her out of the pool so i can totally help her so he just goes into her room which i don't know if that's a real thing or not um listen at least they're not having matt do it you know that's the problem matt's in jail so (laughs) someone's gotta step in can you imagine how swampy must be done in social services? <laughs> oh, you you think your emergency room is busy during a bombing. You should see it down in social services. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So anyway, so Kimberly does recognize Peter. She's like, why am I in the straitjacket unit? She remembers there was an explosion, but she didn't have anything to do with it. It was probably Michael, quote, scratch the surface of something this twisted and you're bound to find Michael's ugly little smile. Uh <laughs> She's like, we should go tell the chief of staff and we need to get Michael fired. And Peter's like, well, like, I need to tell you something first. <laughs> I'm going to help you. <laughs> you're not alone, but there's some stuff you're going to have to face up to. And he's like, you did it. I saw you do it. I saw you push the button and you blew up the building. She's like, no, I wouldn't. I couldn't. And he's like, yeah. And, you know, like somebody okay. died. Yeah. Yeah. Can uh, we talk about that? Can we talk about that? Sure. They killed Mackenzie Hart. They killed her. Do you know what they killed her with? A bomb? No, no. You would think. Listen, listen. There, There is an explosion. Oh, Kimberly okay. had to be fished out of the pool like she's Kathy Ireland expressing gratitude. Allison blew back the only limp body to show up in Matt's apartment because the explosion blew her into Matt's apartment. Half of the complex is gone. Amanda has to live with Sydney. Could she have been killed by a falling brick? A burning timber? A direct hit from the explosion? No, they killed Mackenzie Hart with a massive heart attack. Are are you kidding me? A heart attack? This this is what happens when you send Darren Starr away. Here's part of, here's, maybe they were just trying to raise awareness for heart disease in women. Listen, anytime you're you're in, in an apartment bombing, Check that ticker. Like, calm down. Don't get all worked up. Yeah, listen, listen. Let the record show. Listeners, don't you fucking come for us. I did not tell women to calm down. Mary said to all the ladies out there, calm down. Not to just the the gentlemen as well. We were talking about heart heart attacks for women. That's fair. Well, I am a lady, so I feel like I can speak. I know. That's why I'm saying don't cancel me. Now, do I think women need to calm down? Yes, I do. But I did not say, oh, fuck, I just well, now said you did. Now oh, you my God. You're going to hear about that. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, Kimberly's like, no. And there's dramatic music. And she spins around, and she's got crazy eyes. And she's like, I'm not going to let you do this to me. I would never blow people up. You're a liar. And she starts punching him and kicking him. And then the people who... I don't know, interns, whoever they send in when someone's having a psychotic break, they come in and have to hold their town. And Peter <laughs> literally makes a, you, David face like on Schitt's Creek as he leaves. It really made me laugh. It's <laughs> very funny. Um, later, Michael stops by to talk to Kimberly's doctor, which technically he could do because he is her husband still. Uh, 
he's like, I don't think Kimberly, I think she's in a bad place and she's incurable. She, what she's done is reprehensible. And the doctor's like, ah, you know, we're not quite ready to diagnose that yet. And Michael's like, we can't cover these hospital bills. So I'm prepared to have her shipped off to the county psychiatric facility. Peter has been eavesdropping. He walks up and he's like, yo, yo, you can't send her there. The treatment's not as advanced. Mm -hmm. And he kind of- See, because Matt's not there. This is what Matt (laughs) would have done. You have a fine point. Uh, Peter's like, yeah, I'm not going to let you send her to the snake pit. Michael's like, why do you care? Which is a fair question. Mm -hmm. Peter's like, that's my business. And I'm going to cover the hospital bills after the insurance. All you have to do is leave her alone. And Michael's like, she's a psycho who nearly burned down a city block. If Mm -hmm. anyone deserves to be shackled to a steam pipe in hell, it's her. Peter's like, you stay away from her. Otherwise, you'll have to deal with me. And I know you don't want to do that. So our final scene of the episode, Peter goes in to see Kimberly again. Not that much Kimberly in this episode, all things considered, but there's a lot going on. You know, you would think there'd be more. She's She's got a lot going on. Uh, she's sleeping and he wakes her up, which is obnoxious. Don't wake people up. Uh, he's like, are you feeling any better? And she's like, I don't know. She's rethinking everything and everything. She can remember everything until yesterday, until before the explosion. And she's like, did you save my life? And he says, I just fished you out of the pool. And he strokes her hair. I'm like, this is crossing so many lines. Uh, she's, she really started to fall for him last week. She tells him. And he's like, yeah, we had fun, which seemed a little glib. Uh, she's like, I can't remember. I know I didn't do it. Peter, I'm not a bad person. You know I'm not. I wouldn't want to hurt anybody. And then she cries and repeats, I wouldn't want to hurt anybody. I wouldn't want to hurt anybody. Uh, so we're off to a fine start on the soap opera front. Uh, we've got a lady who lost her marbles and yeah. broke the building. We've got a doctor who tried to did they have sex last they did in the last episode didn't they They did they did yep like this relationship is very new very fresh and good for them i mean they seem like a great couple (laughs) there's a lot going on here but peter still wants to get with amanda in fact he invited amanda to stay with him and amanda said like hell i'd rather sleep on a grate (laughs) that was pretty funny yeah yeah yeah, this, there's a lot of trashy trash in here. And I love it. It's great. It's something to savor. But Kimberly, I, we didn't know she wasn't crazy yet. Last season, we thought she was already crazy. But no, we were wrong. That was rational sane Kimberly. I feel like the, we're sliding down the slope. We were on our way. We're spinning. We're spinning. Uh, it's going to get It's gonna get bad. It's going to get juicy. Yeah, I, but, I don't know. But... It is good to know, even though Darren Starr left, all the writers didn't leave because they fished her out of the pool. That's still, <laughs> who talks like that? I feel like people around here would say that. Yeah, I think that makes my point. Okay. Have you ever been fished out of a pool? I think I have been. Can I, can I tell you my second quote? <laughs> this is about Matt. So no one finds out that your son's a fruit? <laughs> this is, okay, so this is the gay point. So I'm automatically going to win it. This is about, so Matt's in jail for first degree murder because he met a boyfriend who was lying to him, set him up for the murder of his wife. So Dr. Paul is the boyfriend. Dr. Paul's wife has been murdered. He got his wife out of town, had Matt squeeze and gently fondle the candlestick. It was graphic. (laughs) And then he bumped his wife in the head with the candlestick just as Matt was coming in, set the security alarm off. Like little bunny foo-foo. Little bunny foo-foo hopping through the forest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that I think that's what happened, right? So like 
yeah. Dr. Paul and Dr. Paul wife are playing this bedroom game because he's a little kinky and she's she's got her little little bunny tail on and he's having her go like little bunny boop boop hop through the forest and she's hopping you know hands up like an Easter bunny and then he just bops her on the head runs out has Matt come over and take the fall for murder so he yeah, was arrested. This all checks out. It all checks out. All checks out. This is legit. This is this is how it went. So it Matt's canon. in jail for murder, first degree. Season three saw ended that coming? with him oh. yelling. Anyone who watched the show in the last thirty years, so he's in jail yelling at Paul for setting him up in the interrogation room. You son of a bitch! You set me up. It was a choice. Ironically, ironically. That was the most man-on-man contact this show has ever shown, was that scene. It's a shame you didn't get to hug him. <laughs> with, a, with a shoulder squeeze? Too much. Yeah, too much. It was 1995, too, Mary. Too graphic. Too, too there's, graphic. You have to think of soccer moms. <laughs> they didn't have soccer yet in 1995. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so... <clears throat> Matt calls his parents. played soccer. Did you play soccer when you were a kid? Did I play soccer? Okay, did any of your siblings play soccer? <laughs> yes, my siblings played soccer. Like on a like on a team or just yeah, around yeah. the yard? My little sister. The youngest one? No, the next the the one just one younger than me, number 5. I don't think soccer existed. She, I uh, You're right. It was invented in 1996. <laughs> in america it's from america so matt calls home <laughs> matt is wearing the most gorgeous blue prison jumpsuit i have ever yeah. seen he it's that one sydney had he Sydney had those cute yeah but he jumpsuit. doesn't he doesn't have boobs in the way he yeah, looks stunning yeah. he looked gorgeous great color on him. oh great my color. god yeah. i was like a little bit like this might have been where my love of blue came from this because this is it's 1995. This is right about the time of the awakening, oh, right? Like, this could have been this could have been it. Was it? You know how I love the color blue to wear it all the time. You do, and yeah. it does it, it does make strangers come up to me and say, "You have the most gorgeous blue eyes." They come up to me. Happen? They're like, "Sir, sir," tears are streaming down their face. They're like, tears. "Sir, sir, you have the most gorgeous eyes." I've ever seen, sir, sir, I can't believe they're arresting you for paying off a porn star. Sir, sir, <laughs> we need you back in the White House. They did tears, grown men crying, Mary. You wouldn't believe it. It's it's really something. Listen, people who don't watch enough uh, Donald Trump television <laughs> don't get those references. Define enough Donald Trump television. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Matt is in this gorgeous blue outfit. I don't even know what happened in that scene, but his parents send a lawyer. Okay, yeah. so she seems sharp. I, I like her. Sharp as fuck. She knows what she's talking about. Melrose Place flirting with having an African American character again. Just yeah. a little, not on the credit scene. Yeah, well, she's a guest star. I and of it. course, of course, paired up with Matt. I hadn't thought about that way. Yep. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so Matt's parents are, of course, bummed out that their little baby is uh, in jail for first degree murder. It's safe to say you'd be bummed out. So know? mommy comes by with the lawyer. And Matt says, where's dad? And mom says, let me tell you, mom's listening to this. This was the wrong answer, Matt's mom. He said, <laughs> he's not here. He's still trying to accept Matt's life being so public. Oh, boy. 
Yeah, oh, wow. that didn't go well. Matt's screaming and spitting, kicking the lawyer out, kicking the mom out, slamming the phone against the plexiglass, saying, get out of here, go home. You don't want your, he, does he, uh, oh, oh, so no one finds out that your son's a fruit is what he yelled. And yeah. she's all upset. And this is why it's high art for the generations. In the 90s, accepting, no, tolerating parents. That's what That's what we were hoping for at the time. If you could get parents to tolerate you being gay, it was always just like just under the surface. It was it just took a little bit of scratching to get to this right here of he does he just doesn't like how public you are, right? And we saw it with the law, the the legal issue with the employment law issue. And so it reflected true to life of like in the 90s, socially conservative or even socially moderate parents, if you could get them to be okay like having you to dinner, but it was things like just introduce this as your roommate. We don't want to upset, you know, Aunt Marge or Gertrude. Oh, Marge is the worst, though. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, later, just to just to wrap this up, bail is set at $1.2 million. The lawyer, I believe her name is Alicia, says, Your Honor, he can post bail. And Matt's like, I can what? I'm a social worker. And the IT department and medical transport <laughs> and keeper of blood records, whatever, all that. Um, and Matt says, where'd you get the money? And Alicia says, your parents, Matt. They put up their house. They care about you more than you think. Aww. And then he goes home, awkward hug with dad. Also true to life. Also true to life. <laughs> straight dads did not love hugging their gay sons in the 90s. I don't think even straight dads like hugging their straight sons, from what I remember. No, but there was an extra, there was a little layer. There was a little something extra to it. <laughs> People weren't hugging in the 90s. Anyway, he said, I no really hugging. missed you, son. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, so that was my hire for the generations. The like, the acceptance of gay family members was skin deep, mm. skin deep. It was, um, you might even say, lambskin deep. Mm -hmm. Boy, um, I mean, that that storyline's going about as well as it should. <laughs> Mary, I think I think we take a break. I think let's take a break. Right. I think our listeners, it's been so long since they've heard from new sponsors. And I got a new one. Oh, boy. Did you? I think I do. Okay, so it's not Rhonda's Culinary Funk. No. Let me tell you, Mary. If you ever, this season, come up with Alicia's Culinary Funk, that's racist. I wouldn't do that. I would never disrespect Rhonda in that way. <laughs> okay, let's take a break. Okay. This week's episode of the Melrose Placecast is brought to you by It is brought to you, Mary, by the pink and black attack that's ready to attack, Jeff. Oh, and you better believe we will eat your snack. Mary, nothing typifies the mid-90s pop culture malaise, just the utter sadness, the lack of anything good, better than the World Wrestling Federation's Heart Foundation, the pink and black. Barry, they're back and they're ready to attack, Jack. Wow. Now, of course, as you know, the Heart Foundation springs from the very fertile loins of Stu and Helen Hart. <laughs> they knew how to get it done. Let they knew how to do it, Mary. Legend. They had like seven or 17 kids somewhere in there, maybe 12. Somewhere Legends in, in the wrestling scene in Calgary. 
Alberta, Canada. Oh, wow. Home of the Stampede. The most successful, that's right, Stampede. The most successful member of the Hart Foundation, of course, is Brett, the Hitman Hart. Yeah. Now, Mary, is he the same Hitman that made an appearance at the end of Models Incorporated, chloroform in hand? No, this is a different, much less deadly Hitman. But Brett, the Hitman Hart, wasn't the only member of the Hart Foundation. Did you know that? No, I had no idea. Well, it's, I mean, it's a foundation, so it's not just one person. People break laws all the time. We also have the Blue Blazer himself, that little nugget that refused to be flushed. Owen Hart, the jealous little brother. (laughs) Little brother. (laughs) And then Jim, the Anvil Neidhart one of the original members of the Hart Foundation, married to one of Brett Nolan's sisters to become an honorary member of the Hart clan. How many people in this family are named Brett? So, it, it, just the one. Oh, I thought you mentioned others. Never mind. No, Brett and Owen's sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jim the Anvil Neidhart got to be a member of the Hart family without being burst from Stu and Helen Hart's loins. Oh, that's nice. As did Davy Boy Smith, Mary, the British Bulldog. The British Bulldog, I remember him. Yes, you'll remember, Mary, that he was married to Diana Hart, leading to one of the most dramatic, intriguing, interesting, and best intercontinental championship matches in WWF history. Wow. You bite me on that one, bros. At SummerSlam 1992 from Wimbledon, with the entire Hart family at ringside watching Brett go down for Davy Boy. They had a wrestling match at Wimbledon? Yeah, in 1992. Oh, that's nice, okay. Would the Hart family be torn apart? No. When Brett did the job for Davy Boy Smith, Diana came out and reunited for a three-way hug, bringing everybody back together. Were there tears? Yes. But it was a moment. It sounds like it. They were not torn apart, Mary, not until years later, when the Hart Foundation crossed over into Melrose Place. Oh no! Leading the charge, Richard the Zombie Hart and his lady wife, Mac Hart. The Mac Attack! The Mac Attack! Which is why, Mary, it was so sad that the writers of Melrose Place decided to spit on the legacy of the Hart Foundation by making it a heart attack that killed sweet Mac Attack Hart. Sick irony. Sick. Mackenzie couldn't have been taken out by a brick in the explosion. It had to be a heart attack. What about a folding chair? Allison literally got her eyes blown up. They couldn't have done that. Maybe they didn't have enough maxi pads in the back. So today, I'm here, Mary, to announce that the Heart Foundation is back, and we're not cutting the writers any slack. Jack? Are they accepting donations? The Heart Foundation has this important message for listeners of the Melrose Place cast. Mm, okay. Never forget that heart attack symptoms are very different for women. Did you know that every 42 seconds, someone in the United States suffers from a heart attack? That's according to BayerAspirin.com, as is this list of symptoms. Chest tightness, fainting and lightheadedness, paleness, sweating, pain radiating to shoulders next jaws, or arms, shortness of breath with or without chest pains, so not helpful, nausea, extreme fatigue. Now don't worry, our friends at Bayer do remind us that the signs are very different for women, but then provide no additional details, just that they are different. 
Fun fact, they're very similar to the symptoms of a panic attack. <laughs> That's great. But heart attacks are five times more deadly among women than breast cancer. That's Maybe I should have had a different tone reading that line. I didn't reread the script. You you sounded so excited. (laughs) (laughs) And because of that, you better believe the heartbreak. I'm sorry. You better believe heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels that when the pink and black attack come back with our designer Mac and Richard, who is decidedly a snack, that we will give you a chair clack. Jack. Wow. That's poetry. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Beautiful. So Mary, do you have any questions for our sponsors this week? I have I have some notes and I have a direct line to them in case we need to get any answers. Is that a picture of the Macho Man Randy Savage? It is. Listen, there is uh, the World Wrestling Federation Superstars, WrestleMania, the album. There is a very telling song that I, I would like to just play a little smidgen for. Uh, it's about how hard it is to say goodbye. And it might it might really be just perfect for Richard and Mac on their final scenes together. Can I Can I give it to you? Maybe he should play it for Jane so she understands what human empathy is. (laughs) Well, that's, listen, listen. This is a real song that I really paid real money for to buy the CD. How many times have you bought this song? (laughs) Many times. I think you've seen me (laughs) sing this song live. I certainly have. Uh, So in about 10 seconds, the lyrics are going to start. Let me turn the volume up and I will will buy it myself. Oh, they're so deep. There's no way to make this easy. <laughs> and I know we've been through some good and troubled times. Oh, the vocal There's quality. There's never been a right time to say goodbye. <laughs> There's never been a right time to say goodbye. Which is why, Mary, we're going to just bury her under an assumed name. And, and keep publishing or keep releasing the outfits made by Mackenzie Hart. We're not going to tell anyone she died because there's never a right time to tell people that someone died. (laughs) I think that's the real takeaway from this episode. I just am so mad that they gave her a heart attack. That just makes me... when It does seem strange, doesn't it? I mean, they didn't have to. Yeah, she died of a massive heart attack by the scene. Why did you do that? Why did you do that? There was debris. There was a fire. There was smoke. There, There were dozens of legit ways she could have died. Now, but the real criminal, the real criminal, Bayer Aspirin, for having a website that says the signs are different for women. Figure it out, ladies. Just calm you know down. Just go get one of those women's magazines. They probably have a list in there. Get yourself a good housekeeping. Get yourself something else about cleaning your house. Why don't you clean your house? Maybe then you wouldn't have a heart attack. Maybe you would. We don't know what the symptoms are. Maybe too much cleaning is a sign. We don't know. Unclear. <laughs> well, we thank our sponsors this week, the, the Heart Foundation, Brett the Hitman Hart, the British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith, the Blue Blazer Owen Hart, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, Richard the Zombie Hart, and Mac Attack Hart. So He's great. The most unsung of the hearts. Do you know Brett Hart, when he became a bad guy, he was in Pittsburgh and said, if you were going to put an enema in the United States, you'd put it in Pittsburgh. And... <laughs> People didn't like that. They didn't go for People that. didn't like it. And he, when he quit WWF, because he was so upset, he gave an interview where he talked about how hurtful it was to, for him to have to say that. Because he said, and I still remember this, besides, if I was going to put it in an enema in the United States, it isn't Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God. 
you have a near encyclopedic knowledge of these things. It's fascinating. <laughs> Rich and rewarding fountain of information. Thank you to the Heart Foundation. Thank you, Heart Foundation. Watch those symptoms on BayerAspirin.com for men only. R.I.P. McKenzie. Sorry we couldn't tell you what the symptoms were. <laughs>
my God. She said, it's the only way to keep the business alive. And she's trying to honor Mackenzie. She's like, just think about it. All right. And he says, all right. And she's like, I'm just trying to do what's right. And he mm-hmm. goes, yeah, but for who, Jane? And I wrote, Jane is terrible. Uh, later, at the mausoleum, which is always a fun way to start any scene, Richard and Jane are looking at Mackenzie's little brass name tag on her urn slot. Uh, and it does, in fact, have her maiden name instead of her name anyone would know. So no one will also know mm-hmm. where she's buried. Richard's like, wow, she's really gone. I owed her a lot and I loved her. Jane's like, I know. And ushers him out going, now let's get to work and make her even more famous than she was before. <laughs> and she's like smiling. She's like smiling. <laughs> just buried his ex-wife. And he's oh. like mausoleum mausoleum his ex-wife yeah he mausoleum i never know the right verbs for those um he's like i am so sick of in. i am so sick of you they've been together for like a week so he's already <laughs> way ahead of the other ones he's like it's not enough that my wife is dead and because of you she's buried under a name she barely acknowledged now you have to celebrate <laughs> kate goes oh no no it's for the company i want to make you happy he says, keep oh. your clothes on, Jade. It's not going to work this time. <laughs> was she, were they suggesting fucking in the mausoleum? He was Is... kind of, I don't know if she was suggesting that far, but she was like being flirty for sure. Oh, like maybe just the little hand stuff? Yeah, a little, like, yeah, under the clothes. <laughs> um, he says, you go do what you, you want. Over the clothes. <laughs> I mean, they're in a place of mourning. I mean, uh, he tells her, go do what you want. I want to stay here and mourn the loss of a woman who knew how to be a human being. Wow, I love this because I love <laughs> anytime Jane is terrible and someone acknowledges that she's a terrible person. Because let me tell you what, I've watched three seasons of this show plus one more episode. <laughs> you would have to be a terrible person to have wound up with Michael Mancini. They're all terrible. Everyone Michael's with is a terrible person. You don't get there by accident. You aren't being tricked. And so Jane has always been terrible. And now we're, she's just starting to blossom into her horribleness. And I'm excited to see what happens. And it's such a boring and infuriating form of horrible. That's really the creepy part. Um, I love that it's said out loud, like you're being a total dick, basically. Yeah. Like she just died. <laughs> Calm the fuck down. Like, can we bury her first? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But in Jane's defense, <laughs> you, the, if you bury her first, it's too late. Then people know she's dead. Here's what I don't understand. And I'm not a business person. Yeah. Which is an understatement. <laughs> Wouldn't it get you a shit ton of publicity to know that she died? And like, you could do a whole rollout. Jane could say like, she died, but we're keeping the company going and we have, I'm going to take over. And so there's all this fresh new energy and blah, blah, blah. Like what? I, Cause it's not like, it's not like she just went off on safari and she's going <laughs> to back. Like she died. Do you so know like, what? Do you know what? Yeah, we need to think about this like publicist, Mary. Because right here's the story we're pitching for Mackenzie Hart Designs. Mm-hmm. Not just that she died. We're not going to say she died of a heart attack. She died of a terrorist attack. She died of a bombing. She the, she was targeted. Yes. Kimberly Mancini Shaw fraud came with Mackenzie Hart in mind. Everybody else's collateral damage. I will say one thing, though. If we're going to be the publicist for this, we should not emphasize that Kimberly's last name is also Mancini. <laughs> that might be confusing to the audience. And then I go, wait a when minute. Mrs. Mancini, Mancini blew the other one? <laughs> Which Mrs. Mancini? <laughs> um, 
I am going to, I'm not going to concede. I'm going to yield on this point right now. I'm going to, I'm going to, let's just, did you say I should just concede? <laughs> I'm going I'm to yield and see where this goes next week. Cause I think it might be art, but I'm, oh boy. I'm, I'm not sure yet. It's fine. Can I tell you my final high art point for the generations? Yes, you are yes. not going to be able to fight me on this one. All right. I always like when you say that. High art for the generations. All Here's right. what was supposed to happen. As we know, last season, Kimberly was supposed to go crazy. She was supposed to snatch up Sydney, probably fish her out of a pool, <laughs> put her in an airplane, crash yeah. the airplane into Melrose Place. Yeah. Killing them both. Sure. Although they'd both probably find a way. Love finds a way. They'd probably just like land on Matt's bed or something. Something like that. You know there's an empty space there. Yeah. Even you would have splashed, landed into the pool. Yeah. So they couldn't do that because of a terrorist attack on the White House. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they had to re-script it to bomb the building. And then they could not air it because of a terrorist attack in Oklahoma City. Yeah. So they had to save the footage. Mackenzie Hart got to be in not just two episodes, but two seasons of Melrose Place because of Timothy McVeigh. So not everybody lost in that situation. Oh my God. <sighs> wow. So they had to save little, it. Little shades of Jane Mancini there. <laughs> <laughs> to be re-aired. So twice the explosion, the destruction, Darren Starr's final moments on Melrose Place had to be changed or delayed because of terrorist attacks. Mm. So they finally re-aired it, Mary, I shit you not, on September 11th. That's That was the air date of this episode. What, Listen, a, what a coincidence. This is, this, so the point being, the high art for the generations, and look, I, am I breaking the fourth wall? Yes. Am I outside of the storyline a little bit? Perhaps. But this is, a, this is a cruel, <laughs> violent, vicious world full of war, terrorism, New Jersey and the fact that they kept having to redo this only to air it on September 11th. Mary, I have to say, I hate to say this, but I think, I think we're the ones to bring this to the American people. I mean, to all the, not just the Americans. Yeah. But I mean, it's Kamala Harris is listening. Yeah. yeah. Who's let's be honest, probably president by the time we release this episode. Very likely. Yeah. <laughs> I we know we know that when the Navy SEALs broke into Osama bin Laden's hideout and shot him twice, they found flash drives with pornography. They found video footage of that that viral YouTube video that said, Charlie bit my finger. <laughs> I bet they found seasons of Melrose Place. I bet he was a Melrose Place yeah. fan. And I bet totally bootlegging him. as as much as this episode. Burned in my mind because of sexy gay Matt in that beautiful blue jumpsuit. He looked great. He looked I bet Osama bin Laden said September 11th sounds like the day. And I bet he went to work then. This whole episode, this bombing, this idea, this blow up, the building was tinged and wrapped around by with terrorism from the beginning. And it could not break away. It is cursed. It is a cursed episode. We should not have watched it. I wish you'd figured that out about a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I did. It was April 8th when I watched it. Um, and I just chose not to tell you because I didn't want to lose this point. Wow. 
What a what a what a shocking development. Listen, listen. Yeah. They had that whole book about September 11th. Do you remember it? No, but I'm sure there was more. The 9/11 Commission report about what oh, went that wrong. One. <laughs> yeah, boring. No surprise twist ending. No surprise. No one ripped off a wig. Yeah. yeah. Listen, they should have had Dan Brown write that book. People would have read it. They should have had Aaron. I was going to say. Aaron Spelling and Darren Starr come back together for one last run. Look, they clearly knew all about terrorism. They were wrapped up. I th- I think it's possible Darren Starr was a collaborator for 9-11. I don't think I would agree with that based on lawsuit. Listen, I just would no, based on lawsuit, I want to say, be sure I said, I think, and it's possible. This is a parody podcast. And it is a parody podcast. Mary, I yield the last point before I get us both sued. Well, for the record, I did not state any of those opinions, so I would. You like didn't to disagree. I think I did. Uh, this last one is called "Emergency Situations Nullify All Rental Agreements." <laughs> I was hoping this would come up. Oh, boy, oh boy! Uh, so, as you may have heard, there was a bombing at the building. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one side of the building is pretty digged up. So, like the side that has Amanda and Allison and Matt's apartments. And it makes sense because Kimberly, when she was explaining to Sydney what she was doing, she did say she wants Matt to take it in the shorts because Kimberly is decidedly homophobic. Yeah. Right? I thought they were getting along pretty well the last time they were bitching. She tried to give him a sausage burrito. Giggle. (laughs) That was pretty funny. Can I get you something? Coffee? Tea? A sausage burrito? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. This bitch. So there are several scenes throughout the episode where Amanda is at the apartment building with various inspectors and utility company representatives. And there's, there's a lot to clean up. Yeah. So there's a scene toward the end where Amanda is out sweeping by the pool, which I, despite the circumstances, still find highly unbelievable. Uh, Sydney walks in and she's like, Oh, I got your message, Amanda, but are you sure it's safe to be back? Can I move back? And Amanda's like, yeah, your side of the building is structurally sound. Sydney's like, great. Amanda says, uh, there will be one change until the reconstruction is done, though. Everybody's kind of doubling up. So Sydney's going to be Amanda's roommate. And Sydney's like, record scratch, what? In my apartment? And Amanda says, yeah, but you get to not pay rent, but I'm going to take the bedroom and you're going to sleep on the couch. (laughs) Oh, Um, Amanda. Sydney, I will give credit, tries to keep it, she keeps it together. And she just kind of sheepishly goes, um... Yeah, but I've got a rental agreement. And Amanda replies, emergency situations like this nullify all rental agreements. And I, I, read, do, I do think that's correct. I do think that's correct. I don't think so. If your building has been bombed. Do you think that rental agreement goes to such level detail that if the building is destroyed and only some of the apartments are still there, the landlord gets to decide who gets to stay where? No, 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 so. no. I think the rental agreement would say like, you don't have to stay here. You could go. And that's what Amanda's saying. Like, you don't, you could go. You're not paying rent. She's not paying rent. I mean, she was until today. I know. I know. But happened. she's not being charged rent. The rental agreement is canceled. The building has been blown up. What do you her want me to fine. do? Her apartment's fine. Also, isn't her apartment kind of close to Amanda's? I was just thinking about that. Because, like, she's... Let's not even... You know what? Let's, okay. Not, okay. let's not. Let's not say we did. Because we're not going to agree on where these apartments are. No, but here's the thing. We're not going to do it. But remember when her and Puddles were fucking Michael, they could peer out their window and it was a straight line directly parallel in front of Jane's door. So I do think she was above Jake. Sydney was on top of Jake. 
That makes sense. Uh -huh. uh, Amanda goes on to say, besides, I've already moved in. If you don't like it, you can sleep on a cozy little street corner. No, I will say that's okay. First of all, yes, yeah, Sydney's a corner warmer. I get it. Second of all, I've already moved in does feel a bit strong. That I don't know that that was in the rental agreement. No. And then I like the ending of that scene is just Sydney smiling very woodenly. And Amanda does the same back and keeps sweeping. And I'm like, well, this was a fun little exchange. I, <laughs> I think Sydney and Amanda should have had more, more to do together. Maybe they will. No, I'm not here. To, nope. Nope. You already know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's yeah. a difference between when I say like, oh my God, Mary, you don't know what's coming. It's great. And when I say like, oh, I wish it would have been more of this. It's, you know, I say coming. Although I also could be wrong. I also could be wrong. You might be. I don't know. I don't remember much past season four. So. Well, we're in season four. I know. So like so if they got together a lot in season five, maybe I wouldn't remember, but I don't think they do. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, well, any other things? Yeah. Well, we didn't talk about Jake and Joe and Jess. Jess is dead. Yeah. He's good. Good. I'm fine yeah. with that. Jake killed him. The ambulance is coming. Um, Jake's head can is we, bandaged. Can we talk about the scene where Jake wakes up and Jess is dead? Yeah. Yeah. That was, they rolled that into a tight little package. They're like, we are not going to drag this out. It was like, <laughs> we're moving on. And the Jake's like, is he dead? The guy's like, yep. And then it's over. Like, okay. <laughs> like, we're not going to waste a lot of time going, oh, <laughs> that was well handled. Good job, Joe. They just moved on. And then Joe makes it about her. Of course. Jake said, oh, did you come to mourn the gun? <laughs> did you come? <laughs> okay. Jake says, oh, are you here to weep over the man who almost killed you? And my notes just say, you need to be more specific. <laughs> there's so many. There, there's, there's, been so a, many. There, there's been Reed Carter. There's Carter. been Reed Carter's dad. Reed Carter's dad. Yes. Uh, oh, God, who else? There was that. Her the, husband. Her husband, that football player kid who pushed her down the stairs. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. That's at yeah. least four. We're probably forgetting at least five more. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's more to come. More to come. So uh there's that. But anyway, Jake and Joe, they're they're off again. They're not together. Jake's Jake's real mad at Joe now. Jake needs some time alone. He needs some well, that's how we that's how he ended up getting blown up on a boat by Kathy Ireland. He needed some alone time and he needed to be single, so he hooked up with Kathy Ireland. How many explosions have there been on this show? So there was Jake's bike shop, Jake's which bike didn't shop. explode, but they kind of exploded. We have the, the pretty lady. Yep, pretty lady. Now we had the building. Mm -hmm. Was there anything else yet? I don't think so. Yeah, because Michael's car accident, that wasn't an explosion. Mm -mm. No. Nope. All right, so we're at three. I mean, that's a good, you know. It's a good, it's a good start. start. Three explosions, three seasons. Great. One for each season. <laughs> also, uh, Billy and Brooke are not off to a great start. No, no. Billy is clearly no. getting roped back in by Allison. Haley is having none of it. Haley is Brooke's father. Daddy doesn't like it. And uh, Brooke and Billy get in a fight. Or Haley and Billy get in a fight. Uh, yeah. Billy storms away. And then Brooke comes to live with Billy at his little apartment. Um, I really liked when Billy, during the fight at Daddy's. Uh, so they were supposed to leave on their honeymoon. Yeah. And I was confused because then it showed them getting home from work. And I literally wrote like, wait, I thought they were going on a honeymoon. And then Brooke explains it and goes, oh, Billy postponed it. And Daddy comes in. And he like 
sets Brooke up to like tell like tell he oh he's telling Billy like you need to apologize to Brooke right now and Billy's like no uh I will never ever take orders from you and you can continue your sick relationship with your daughter but you'll do it without <laughs> me I was like well he figured that out finally uh yeah daddy was being kind of a dick yeah well Mary we're back in it we're back in let me ask you this important oh go ahead I had a few other small things I like that at the hospital after the bombing, Jane and Richard had like matching cheek wounds. <laughs> the makeup department really went to town on cheek wounds. So they must have had like someone liked doing those because everyone had like the same cheek wounds. It was okay. very um, I like that in the credits, everybody except Heather Locklear got updated little video footage instead of those old pictures. Mm. And they added March Across, Kristen Davis, and Jack Wagner. So that's exciting. Uh, I liked when Allison's uh, maxi pads are being taken off her eyes and the doctor's like, we did ultrasounds and we think you had some hemorrhages in your eyes. And she goes, is that doctor talk for blind? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the writers are still here and giving it their best. Um, My other little favorite scene was at the hospital in the waiting room when the nurse is talking to Billy and Brooke and they're saying Allison's doing okay, but they'll wait and see. and Brooke's like, we need to go home and rest. And Billy says, well, hey, could we let some of these other people come stay with us because the building got blown up and your dad lives in a mansion. And Brooke's like, eh. <laughs> and Peter chimes in, he's like, hey, baby, you can come over here. And Amanda, as you said, is like, I'd rather sleep on a grate. He leaves. And then Sydney yells after him, hey, I'll come breakfast. Your breakfast sounds good to me. <laughs> really, that was so funny. And then Michael comes up, he's pushing Joe in a wheelchair. And Sydney's like, Amanda just turned out free bed and breakfast. And Amanda goes, nothing's free, Sydney. You'll never understand that. Michael is taking Joe to the beach house and they all make faces. And then he invites Amanda and Sydney to come and they all look at each other. And he's like, I promise no funny business. And then Sydney's like, we got them outnumbered and off they go. <laughs> it really made me laugh. Yeah, um, Michael said sex is the last thing on his mind. And I was like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't, I mean, the fact that that was the first thing that came to your mind tells me maybe that's not the case. Uh, you know what? It was a nice little sprinkling. I, I we, we didn't get a lot of Michael or Sydney and some of these, other, but we got, what they brought was great. They brought a nice little sparkle to the, to the sizzle. I appreciated that. So the stage is set for season four. Some things are a turn, right? From the direction they were in with season three. So my question for you, I have one example what do you think would have been different if Darren Starr stayed? Like, what wouldn't have changed? And I think we were in for a whole lot more Jess, or like a whole lot of follow up with Jess, because this is it. They like they we're we're all to now forget about Jess. That which is fine. But it's it's that was the correct choice. <laughs> that's the correct choice. But I bet there was a whole lot more follow up, a whole lot more like um, little brother, little brother dealing with the aftermath, J- uh, Jake and. Um, Joe would be together, but in a shadow of Jess, and they'd keep finding like remnants of things he left behind. Like I thought we, I bet Darren Starr would have given us a lot of that. Yeah, he liked that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, boy, I don't know. Um, I also don't think Kimberly as um, girl interrupted is what we would have gotten with Darren Starr. What do you think we would have gotten? I think Kimberly would have died. Really. I don't know. She's an asset. Like she's because what what Marsha Cross is really good at, mm-hmm. amongst I'm sure many other things. I don't know her personally, 
but she's very good at she can go and play crazy but then she can yank it back the other way and you still believe like oh she's like she's not terrible like she's, she's so not sweet really... yeah and not all the people who try to do that on the show get away with it or maybe she would have just been like prosecuted right like gone to jail like in a proper society <laughs> <laughs> there were consequences for your actions we don't have that I think this Jane and Richard thing is a turn. I don't know that that's what we would have gotten, but Jane being like, I'm Mackenzie Hart now. I'm going to make her even more famous than when she was alive. <laughs> what a fucking asshole. My God, she died. Literally, she just died. She's barely dead. I'm a heart dead. attack. Everybody get take your blood pressure medication. <laughs> Stay away from bombing. All right, Mary, we have to wrap it up. Okay. We're back. <laughs> We're back. Here Tune we in are. next week or two weeks or three weeks. I don't know when we drop another episode. You'll find out when we find out. We have listen. The, we have content every every Monday morning, five a.m. Central. That's so early. Sometimes I get up and I I go walking, and it's not released yet. I have to log into Anchor to listen to it. You log in to listen to it? Like you can't just wait? No, I have you to go walk in. You you literally. Sometimes it was recorded seven months ago, Mary. Oh my God. Okay. This is it, Mary. Off to season four. Here we go. Champagne glasses clinking. <laughs> this week's episode of the Melrose Place cast is generously supported by the following sponsors. We've all heard it a million times. There are only two certainties in life death and taxes. Mm hmm. Jane Mancini is definitely not going to be much help with your taxes. All right. We've seen her, her creative bookkeeping suggestions to that guy who worked at Mancini Designs, right? Like and she got busted so quickly. She got busted by Kimberly and Michael, who aren't even accountants. Doctors. Like, too busy drinking <laughs> Factors coffee. They figured out. So don't hire Jane for your taxes. No, don't do it. But as we saw in this week's episode, she is definitely the right person to have around when somebody dies. That's right. Jane is ready to add yet another shingle to her ever-growing pile of busted-up dreams. And this time, the new addition is Jane Mancini's Grief Counseling! <laughs> oh, Mary, you don't even understand. Jane knows the first <laughs> thing someone needs when a loved one dies is reassurance that life will, in fact, go on. Jane will cut straight to the point why no less than 12 hours after your loved one passes jane will arrive many helpful things to say like don't beat yourself up don't don't why are you feeling guilty don't stop blaming yourself <laughs> that's helpful uh she's gonna have other great suggestions like you know when your loved one passes during the mm -hmm. grieving process mm -hmm. you're gonna you're gonna look for them in ways both literal and abstract right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. what a better way jane understands this she really understands it she's gonna want to help you keep your loved one's memory alive by not telling people <laughs> that they died <laughs> what better way to keep someone alive than to just pretend they didn't die <laughs> great. oh the, great. that's the base motel shit right there it worked for them look how well that turned out you just you know what if you just don't write that obituary don't have a funeral just Tell you what, do they have an alias you could bury them under? Why not do that? <laughs> and you know what? You just you just carry on like nothing has changed. And as Jane said, you put out the spring lines as if nothing's changed. And if that isn't just a metaphor for moving on after a loved one's death, 
you just act like nothing's changed. It's fine. You know, and some people, oh, these Johnny come latelys who grieve and have emotions like a human, they might be like, my God, I can't believe you're even suggesting this. <laughs> it's morbid. They're not even cold yet. Jane's going to turn that frown upside down. She's going to be like, this is totally what your loved one would want. They want to be with you. They want to be alive. So let's just act like they're alive. Oh this is great. Oh, it's, it's serving John Edwards, the psychic. And it's, the other it's, one. It's serving Miss Cleo. Oh, Miss Cleo, her wisdom. Oh, we call me darlings. You know what? And let's say you follow Jane's advice because it's uh-huh. great, right? Her advice is she's a grief counselor now. So, you know, it's great advice. Let's say you're at the cemetery or the mausoleum, wherever you put the actual body of the person you're pretending didn't die. <laughs> you should, you're, when you look up and see that headstone or that brass plaque and it has a different name on it, you're going <laughs> to know in your heart, well, I know who's really buried there. <laughs> and you know, you might have feelings in that moment. It's natural and it's human where you think like, wow, I'm so sad. I owed this person so much and I really mm-hmm. love them. Jane is going to be there to grab her with the arm and say, let's get back to work and make them even more famous than when they were alive. <laughs> let's go. Time to get, we got to get to the office. It's what they would want. And you know, you may have an impulse because grief is unpredictable, right? Everyone's different. You may be like, Jane, I am so sick of you. It's not enough that they're dead. And it's because of you that they're dead and they're buried under a name they didn't use. Now we have to celebrate and go make money. Jane is going to help you take one for the team. She's go, no, no, I'm doing this for you. This isn't just, just for me. You. Yeah. You know what? And you may have an impulse to stay there and mourn the loss of someone who knew how to love and grieve like a human being, but that's <laughs> going to pass. And then you're going to say, Jane, let's get back to work. We got to get these quarterly figures up. We got to, you're not going to work on my books, but like, we got to get these numbers up. <laughs> no, she, she's... <laughs> Famous, listen, when God was handing out business sense, Jane was in the back getting her nails done. Famously, famously. Boy, was she ever. Boy, was she ever. So that you're going to want to go to janemancinigriefcounseling.biz. Okay. And is, is she physically in the place where Dr. Shaw's marriage counseling used to be? I think she's subletting. Oh, she's subletting. Subletting. Are, don't know are they doubled up? Happen. Are they doubled up? Yeah, you've had a threatening to them and they're all doubling up because of the public. Okay. Can I, I just want to be sure I'm understanding what you're saying about this service with Jane Mancini Grief Counseling. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You're saying, Jane, bad at business. Bad at business. Okay. Great grief counselor. Objectively also bad at design. <laughs> Jane yeah. Mancini, bad at marriage. So far. But, but good at grief counseling. She's who you want uh, with you when there's a death. She's there to help with the death. And when a death occurs, when someone is, say, buried, Jane Mancini will just go on as though they're still alive. Like they weren't really buried at all. Like bring them right back. Yeah. Like rise them right back up. Put that like almost like the the hand coming out of the ground. Yeah. Emergency situations nullify all rental agreements. (laughs) (laughs) And what is life? What is life but the ultimate rental agreement? Very. Nothing is forever. And so if your rental agreement has been nullified and James just <laughs> to work, like she's just helping you move on.org. Like <laughs> do something, Jane. Do something, Jane. My God. <laughs> so get on over to Jane Mancini Group Counseling.biz. There is no promo code because she needs the money. 
But go to uh, Mahal and she thinks she actually she doesn't know if she needs money. She's bad at business. Sure. We don't we don't know what the books are like. We don't know. We don't. She leaves that to Kimberly. To Leave it to Kimberly. She's on top of a lot of things right now. Well, let me tell you, I can't wait to go hippity hop on over. I, I don't know if I <laughs> or doesn't. <laughs> if I if I need to pretend it didn't happen, Jane Mantini is my gal. Oh my god! Can I it's like that? listen. Some Jay Mancini's around, it's like they rise from the grave. Nullify him that rental agreement. <laughs> yeah.
so wait, seriously, how how long does this show go on? How many episodes are there? <laughs> Man, I told you this, right? So it goes to season seven of the original run, but then there's the re- the reboot season. So there's how many reboot seasons? Just the one so far. So far. Okay. But there's also, but then Mary, there's the the Amazon has the true story of Melrose Place movie that we should cover. Oh God, how long? Yeah, and and uh, Models Inc has to be covered too. Wait, what the hell is Models Inc? It, it's a two season spinoff. Of what? What do they? Of, of Melrose Place from the lady from Dynasty was on it, I think. The lady from Dynasty, my God, this was like a whole industry. And I do think 90210, to get to understand where this show came from, is probably worth exploring. I, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> and then when Allison left, she went to Allie McBeal. Does it have anything to do with the contents of Melrose Place? I just feel like, how, do you really want to be an expert in this or not? I mean, I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> okay, so we're in for all of it. Oh, God. 